Now, back to Mr. T on KNBR, the sports leader. Tom Tober with you. We'll get back to the phone calls in just a minute. Always a pleasure to talk to Draymond Green and the Golden State Warriors. Draymond, what's going on, man? Well, nothing much. How's it going? Tremendous. How'd you like playing a matinee game? <laughs> it was great. Those things you know, are awesome. Was, we, were sitting, we were sitting there during the fourth quarter, and I looked over at Fest and I said, man, it's like it's dark outside. And then you get out the game and you have the rest of the day to do whatever. I actually like that. Oh, it's beautiful. I always wish that they'd play, you know, four or five of those things throughout the course of the year. I, it was cool to leave the game and see the sun. It, was, it definitely was. Um, if we can get four or five of those a year, just to switch it up a little bit every now and then, I think that would be great. Hey, before we get to the, the game and the last couple wins, just tell me a little bit about yesterday, at Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and you know, what that day means to you? I mean, it means a lot to me, you know, especially with me being a young African-American male. You know, just the doors that he, he opened up, you know, for me to be in the position that I am, that I'm in now with equality and justice and all those different things. And, you know, you just sit back and, of course, I wasn't old enough to see it, but you, you're always going to learn about it in school, you know, history class, all those different things. And just to actually see how doors have opened up for me in my life, it means the world to me. Are there players at your age group who, or just people you know around your age group who don't know that story? I mean, it because I think young people tend to forget their history more and more because it's just not that important to them. But it seems to me that Martin Luther King is maybe the most dramatic exception to that. I mean, I think everybody knowing about Dr. King, you know, if not, it's a shame. Um, but, I mean, I don't think that has a, you know, whether you're white, black, whatever race you are, everybody knows about Dr. King, just the sacrifice that he made for everyone, bringing everyone mm-hmm. together. Because not a, not only did it open up doors for African-Americans, it opened up doors for different races as well. So you know, I think that's something that no matter what, it'll always be a staple in history. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I guess that was the point I was making is that most young people, no matter, you know, what their ethnic background, tend to ignore history more than they used to. But Martin Luther King is the guy who sort of defeats that premise because I definitely agree. I mean, with that. yeah, I mean, my I mean, my daughter went on a on a tour of civil rights sites when she was in high school just because she had to see all of it. And, yeah. you know, you get her interested in any other kind of history, sails right over her head. But that mattered to her. And she was barely in high school when she did that. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely can see that. Um, it makes a lot of sense. You know, that's that's one thing that you always hear about. It. Like you said, no matter what, that's one piece of history that usually sticks with everybody, no matter what age group. That's the one piece that usually always, always stick. Now, you may get into you know, friends, we're going to give him talking about basketball. You make it into basketball history, and some guys who's coming up now isn't going to know history from way back in the day. And that's just like, like you said, that's some of the, those parts of certain history that fall off. But that one piece, Dr. King and the civil rights, that always sticks. 
Draymond, there's guys that play basketball that don't know what happened last year. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what is it? What is it about what you guys offer the Kings that uh, allowed you to, or not the Kings, the Clippers that allowed you to take three or four from them this year? I mean, you know, I think we just one thing we did. Um, we really put an emphasis on not turning the ball over and, and letting those guys get the highlight plays. You know, they usually get the highlight plays when, you know, when they're on the when they're getting turnovers and, and they're getting out on the break. And you got Blake flying everywhere. You got DeAndre Jordan flying everywhere. You know, you got CP throwing all these nice passes. So, you know, that was one thing we put an emphasis on. Also, stopping those guys inside. And, I'm not necessarily saying make them beat you from outside because you got guys like Jamal Crawford who can knock down shots. You got guys like Karan Butler. But one thing we've talked about is meeting force with force, you know, making sure that we're playing a very physical game and, you know, matching their physicality and and rising above it as well. And I think we we did a great job in the four games against them with the exception of the one game in L.A. where they blew us out. We turned the ball over. We weren't as physical, and it showed up in in the stat line. Did you tell them after yesterday's game we own you guys? <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Uh, <laughs> hey, there's no need for that. You know, they're still what second place in the West, I think, right now. So I, I could have, you know, an- yeah, I could answer that question. Down to do. <laughs> do you guys talk as a bench yourself, Jared Jack? I mean, Richard Jefferson's had a couple really nice games. Carl Landry, especially with the Clippers, they're the best bench in the league uh, on a number of stats, scoring, uh, defensive metrics that they. They use. Do you guys talk about that stuff as a bench? Just it, whoever gets a job done, let's get out there as a bunch and make sure we're contributing, whether we're scoring, defending, rebounding, that we're making an impact on the game. I mean, oh, definitely. I mean, one thing about our lineup that come off the bench, sometimes, you know, you're not always going to get scoring. Yeah, Jack kind of scores on a consistent basis, but mm-hmm. you know, the majority of our scoring is in the first unit. But one thing we always talk about with our, with our unit coming off the bench is making sure we're bringing energy and, on, and doing it on the defensive end. So if we take care of business on the defensive end, of course we can score. So if we just get stops and push the basketball and get out in transition and, you know, get a couple easy buckets or, you know, whether it's dumbing in the car who scores consistently in our second unit. You know, whatever it is, we can score the basketball, but the main thing is bringing energy off the bench, whether that's bringing some energy because the first group didn't get off to a great start or matching and even rising above our first group energy because they did get off to a great start. And that's just one of the main things every single game, no matter who we're playing when we're coming out, it's just mm-hmm. making sure we're bringing energy off the bench. And of course, when you're playing the Clippers, it's always going to come up that we gotta, you know, we need to come out and be better in their second unit because sometimes it's their second unit that end up getting them a lead or building them a lead as opposed to their first unit. Sometimes. Do you guys pay a lot of attention to the All Star voting? I mean, particularly since you got two guys in the room that could legitimately be on that team. I mean. I know the fans obsess about it, but is that something you guys spend much time talking about at all? Um, I mean, I think guys like me and Harrison and us guys talk about it um, a lot more than you're going to hear David or Steph talk about it because obviously when you're in a position, it's not something that you're going to worry about or talk about. But, you know, as us young guys, and, you know, we want to see those guys get in as teammates. So, you know, we, we sit and talk about it sometimes, but, of course, there's nothing we can do about it. So you just sit there and, you know, you just really hope that, you know, those guys can get the opportunity, you know, to get in that all-star game because we definitely think they're well, definitely deserving of it. They don't let you vote? That's an outrage. 
Well, you know, we can get online and vote and just like anybody else, you know, but that wouldn't matter at this point either. <laughs> of course they can vote. You never heard the uh, Gilbert Arenas story? Yeah, I Gilbert did. Arenas oh. voted for himself like 10,000 times <laughs> after every game. He'd take ballots home and stuff. I mean, I was like, Gilbert, what are you doing? He goes, I want to make the All-Star team. <laughs> I hope he had fun with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I never really asked him how fun it was, Dream you know what? Knowing Gilbert as I do, he probably thought it was a ball, I would imagine. <laughs> Talking to Draymond Green, we do it every single week throughout the course of the Warriors season. It, you know, in watching the Heat game uh, a couple nights ago, or it was last Wednesday, I noticed uh, you and uh, LeBron jawing a little bit. And I've seen you do that with some other players. What, has that always been your mentality? Just not back down. Don't give an inch. I don't care what you say. I'm going to give it right back to you and let you know that you're not going to intimidate me. And even though you're an all-star, I'm a rookie, that I'm here to play. Definitely. That's always been my mentality, you know, especially with the type of career I had. You know, with the exception of last year and even sometimes last year, I've always been the underdog. So, you know, having that mentality of, you know, I'm going at whoever it is in front of me, whether it's defensively or offensively, I want to do whatever I can to get an advantage. And, you know, if that's talking to you, I'm going to talk to you. And, you know, some people will say, oh, you're crazy for talking to LeBron. You're going to, you're going to trigger something and make him, okay, well, that's fine. Go, go at me. You know, try to do whatever you can to score on me or whatever it is. But I'm never going to back down. And that's just been my mentality growing up, you know, from the start of when I played, started playing basketball. I'm just always super competitive. And it's not only in basketball. It's in whatever I do. I like to win, and I'm super competitive. So, you know, I get to talking a little bit. And, of course, other guys, I'm not the only one talking. Other guys talk as well. And I'm never going to back down from anyone. You know, I'm willing to take on any challenge that comes ahead of me. And, you know, it was happened to be LeBron James that day who's – you know, arguably the best player in the NBA, well, it's him, and I'm going to go up against him just like I, as I'll go up against anybody else. Would you attribute that to where you grew up, who you played against when you were younger, your parents, a youth coach, your high school coach? Where did the, where did the toughness uh, come from? I mean, of course, you know, um, being growing up in Saginaw, you know, growing up at Cemetery Recreation Center, I always played against guys older than me. Mm-hmm. You know, so they would always talk junk. They would, you know, push me around. Whatever it is that they had an advantage at, they would try to do it. And it only made me tougher and tougher. It just showed me, you know, no matter what, you're never backing down from anyone. And my mom definitely was huge on that. You know, you don't back down from anyone. You know, you never scared of any man you know i'm there's one person i fear and that's god so i would never fear man and it just carries over to the basketball court just as well as off the court as well you never feared your mom excuse me you never feared your mom um i mean it's certain things you know <laughs> and sometimes you get that phone call and you know you should be at home and you're not there <laughs> But just fear, no, there was never a reason to just fear her. Right, he but said never fear any man, not mom. Definitely should yeah. be scared. Yeah, mom, mom, mom is the argument that defeats all others. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Draymond, poor I said man. Oh, yeah, exactly. exactly. Man. <laughs> How's your law degree coming? You wiggled out of that one pretty well. <laughs> hey, before I let you go, Draymond, talk uh about the importance of the last couple games. I never really try to place too much importance on a game in in January. There's a lot of games to go. But not only do you win those two, kind of pulling out of a mini 
tailspin, but the way you win them. On the road in New Orleans, you're behind in the fourth quarter. You manage to win that game. With the Clippers, you're at home, but you fall behind by seven where you're ahead most of the game, and then you find a way to win that game. How important were those two, not only in winning those games, but how you won those games? Very important. You know, um, facing adversity. They said the true test of, testament of a man is when, how he acts when he's facing adversity. So, you know, for us to face adversity in New Orleans, where those guys are playing way better than when we saw them the first time, you know, they got Eric Gordon back. Mm-hmm. Um, come back here and you're playing the second best team in the West. Some will argue that they're the first best team in the West. And record wise, they're the second best team. And, you know, you come out and you fall behind and somehow find a way to back back and come out with a win. And, you know, especially when you're, I think we have lost, what, five out of seven games where you're going down the road like that. You know, some teams, some guys would get start facing reverse and they will crumble. And that's one thing when we met at the beginning of the season, we said, you know, there's going to be times when you face adversity. you got 82 games. If there's a team that doesn't face any adversity, any adversity during this season, then I don't know why they're not getting – they don't own NBA teams because they should be getting paid a lot more money than they are. So we knew that, and just we knew we had to fight, and we didn't want to drop a couple games that we knew we had a great chance to win, especially with how this season, this last couple, this last little stretch has been for us. Then we know that we got another tough game coming up tomorrow. Then we travel to the East Coast, got some more tough games. You know, you try not to look ahead, but at the same time, you have to know what lies ahead of you. And when you're trying to battle for a playoff spot, it may come down to one game, and you never know when that when that game is going to matter. So you want to try to get everyone you can while you can get them. Draymond, always appreciate the conversation. Thanks a lot for joining us, and we'll look forward to doing it again next week, man. All right, thank you. All right, Draymond.